Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you here this morning. Let me get set up using some technology today, which is always a little dangerous. We're going to live on the edge. All right. My name's Mike. I'm on staff here as our director of outreach. All right, we're working. We're off and running. Very good. And uh, I hope everybody had a great Christmas, got some good gifts, and you're enjoying them. I'm enjoying my uh, new Living Water sweatshirt, got some new merch. Uh, it's a little big, which uh, I think I can just eat a little more in the new year. Uh, I think that's permission, is what I've been given. But uh, I like it a little baggy to begin with. So uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. This is a family worship time. We do these periodically throughout the year, and usually around holidays, or in this case, New Year's Eve, and uh, you know, we're gathered together to, to sing praises to God, and pray, and uh, hear the word, and give, and we get to do that all as uh, a church family, where we don't have children's ministry happening downstairs, the children are up here. Student ministry, those students are up here as well, so we gather together, and it's it's really a multi-generational thing that's happening here today. And I think we probably have about six generations uh, represented, if I'm, if I'm calculating it correctly. So I have this graphic here, and we can see every generation. Now, I need to say this, though. The, the dates at the bottom, the, there's no, like, uh, one authority on the dates, like, like, there needs to be, like, a generation committee to decide what is a baby boomer. Is it 48 to 68, or is it something else? Because some of them vary by, like, five to seven years. So just for our purposes here today, uh, I'm the authority. This is what we're going with. All right, committee of one, me. All right, so now uh, the greatest generation, which uh, I think these people think a little highly of themselves... Uh, no, I, I believe there, it was named by uh, Tom Brokaw, if I'm not sure. But uh, I don't know that we have anybody born uh, 1927 or earlier. Anybody? I mean, you'd be pushing 100 right about now. So, no, we don't have, we don't have the greatest generation. Maybe online, somebody at home is watching. Uh, I know we have some silent generation folks here. Uh, baby boomers, of course. Gen X, that's mine. I know we are represented well. Millennials or Generation Y. Generation Z. And then, if you didn't know, Generation Alpha. Uh, the biggest ones among us are Generation Alpha. What I want to do is we're going we're gonna to play a little game. And it's going to involve just four of the generations. Okay? So, if you're part of the silent generation, you get to play as a a baby boomer, okay? I just made you younger, okay? If you're Generation Alpha, you get to play with Gen Z folks, all right? Uh, they need all the help they can get. Just kidding, just the shot at the young people. No, I'm just joking. So, so just so you know where you are, okay? Baby boomer, if you're ages, uh, age 55 to 75 or older, all right? You play as a baby boomer in our little game. All right, oh, hey, baby boomers, uh, rah, rah. Generation X, 40 to 54, okay? 
Uh, they're represented millennials, 23 to 39. And lastly, we have Generation Z. And you see the little asterisk there. If you're younger than seven, you get to play as a Generation Z on their team. All right? So here's the game. It's a, it's a game. I've titled it, What Do All of These Have in Common? A little wordy for a title, but that's what we're going to go with. I'm going to show you four images in each of the four boxes up there. And guess what you have to do? You guys are on it today, all right? What do they all have in common? Now, we need to do a sample one, all right? And I want to get the youngest amongst us involved, all right? So this is just a trial just to see how it works. So young people out there, all right? You ready? What do all of these four images have in common? Who can tell me? Are they, they're all... They're all dogs. Yeah, no, that's, that's acceptable. Not exactly what I'm looking for. They're all from Bluey. Now, you're going to need to explain to the older people what Bluey is. What is Bluey? It's a TV show. It's a TV show, Bluey. And if you know the characters' names, you have Bandit. That's the dad up there doing the sprinkler. Chili is the mom. Bluey, he's the star of the show, and, oh, she, that's right, that's right. You know, the dad is blue, and then you make the one kid blue, and you think it would be a boy. I know it. I called Blue from Blue's Clues a boy for a long time, too, so, uh, you know, misgendering going on, evidently. Uh, and then Bluey's younger sister, Bingo, all right? So that's how it's played. They're all from the TV show Bluey. If you don't watch Bluey, you should check it out. It's kind of funny. It's, good. it's a good show, right? All right. So here we go. For real, baby boomers, you're up, all right? Here we go. What do all four of these have in common? The Big Sleep, Pat and Mike, The Seven Year Itch, which sounds horrible, and Psycho. Movies that came out during the baby boomer generation. Big Sleep had uh, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, uh, Pat and Mike, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, Seven Year Itch, Marilyn Monroe, Psycho, Anthony Perkins, and Janet Lee. So baby boomers, you got it. Very good. Next up, Generation X. Here we go. Mrs. Robinson, I'll take you there. Saturday night and good times. Wait a minute, are you Generation X, Miss Ella? I see you sneaking, you're trying to sneak in under Generation X. I, I, I'm not having that. All right, who would like to, you got to know your generation. Now, here's the thing about it. You might have been born Generation X like 1982, but some of these songs might have been the early 70s before you're born. But you got to know your generation. That's the, how the game is played. Who can answer? You're not Generation X either back there. No, Dennis. Uh, Carol, are you, are you in? Do you qualify? All right, we need to see your driver's license. Please. No, I'm just kidding. Just joking. What are they? They are all songs, all, in fact, number one hits during the Generation X era. So you have uh, Mrs. Robinson, Simon and Garfunkel, I'll Take You There, The Staple Singer, Saturday Night, Bay City Rollers, and Good Times, 
was Sheik, I believe is how you pronounce the name of that group. All right, next up, millennials. So I think baby boomers are doing the best so far because they were on it right away. You know, we had Generation X. I don't know if you were up late last night watching the Cowboys game or what, but millennials, here we go. Now you get a graphic here, okay? You have that graphic, that one there, that, and that. Now I only want to hear from millennials now. TV shows, yes, but I want more specific answer. TV sitcoms, that is correct. Now, for a little extra fun, top left, can anybody name it? Go ahead, Miss Ella. We'll let you play. You don't know? If I give you the top left. Give me a break. Ding, ding, ding. Miss Ella's on it. How about the next one over to the right? Yeah, they, save that. I, we'll, we'll, we'll have that in a sec, Miss Ella. Anybody know? The Bob Newhart Show, that's correct. Now, interesting little tidbit right here. This guy with the black hat on, his name is William Sanderson. He, was, uh, the char he played the character Daryl with his two brothers, Larry and Larry. All right? You know, Daryl, William Sanderson, he lives right over here. He lives on Bonnie Mead Street. So he gave me a book that he wrote. He's been in lots of TV shows and movies. Fascinating story. Really nice guy. So you go do some street evangelism in your neighborhood, you meet interesting people. All right. Bottom, bottom uh, left. Jefferson's. And I thought you would say that, but you're dead wrong. Who said it? Amen. Amen. This is church, right? Amen. You got to go, amen, which was, I don't know if it was like a follow-up. Was there any tie? Was he George Jefferson in this? I think he was a preacher. He was a pastor. Yeah, he was a pastor. So now Miss Ella, who we sit together at 9 a.m. service, and I've known her for a while. Miss Ella is a lot of fun. She does all these impressions. Uh, give us your impression of uh, Wheezy from the Jeffersons. Man, you're going to steal Miss Ella's limelight like that? Go ahead. There we go. Very good. All right, and the last one. Kind of obscure. Anybody can answer. Major Dad, yes. I didn't go with the easy ones, right? You got to make it a little challenging. All right. Last one, Generation Z. What do all four of these have in common? You have that thing. You have that thing. Whatever that is there. And whatever that logo is. Now, I'm going to be specific here. Generation Z? Generation Z? Go ahead. What do all they have in common? They're all electronics, yes, and. I'm looking for a more specific answer. Multimedia, I heard that. That's correct. They are all multimedia. Specific, though. Were they, do you want a hint? I can give you a hint. They all, well, have they all been around forever? They all came out during Generation Z. 
Which, truth be told, because I, I, my conscience is troubling me, the flash drive actually came out in 1999, but some Generation Zs go back to 99, hence that earlier thing I said. So you have a flash drive, you have those things called iPods, YouTube, YouTube's only been around since like 2005, 2006, and then Blu-ray, Blu-ray's pretty much come and gone, you know, in that short amount of time. I think they're on their way out. All right, so... I think what we need to do, though, is have a championship round. I'm going to do a bonus round open to everybody in the room, and this is going to be challenging. What do all four of these have in common? All right, and let's do it this way. Raise your hand, and I'll call on you. Whatever generation you're in, you win the championship. All right, you give you a big belt and, you know, all that. All right, <laughs> bonus round. Here we go. The basics of math, directions on a map, Playing cards and seasons. Don't shout it out. Raise your hand if you would like to venture a guess. What do all, all four of these have in common? I'm going to call on my good friend Tom. Four. Can you elaborate a little? Four, they all... Yeah, there you go. You got it. You got it. What's your generation? X. X. Yes. Generation X. I planned that well. Yes, basics of math come in fours, right? Addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Directions on a map, north, south, east, west, playing cards, spades, clubs, hearts, diamonds, and seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. They are all things pertaining to four. Very good, Tom. Excellent. So... That leads us to where I want to go today. I have for you four things for 2024. These are, these are four things for you to do. I like a to-do list. And I'm going to give you things. These are actual things to do, all right? And I want you to stay with me the whole time here today, all right? Uh, just listen all the way through, all right? Now, <clears throat> let me take you back to one year ago today, December 31st, 2022, right? It was uh, kind of exciting because you had the year 2023 ahead of you, and it's like, a, it's like a, a blank slate, right? You have a clean slate, maybe 2022 was rough, and you're excited about 2023 and all the hope and promise that, that is going to come with that new year. But as time goes by, things get a little messy, right? Because you live in a fallen world. Things don't go the way you hope that they would go. And messes incur, uh, spills happen, splatters, blotches, and gooey mess. All of these things mess up the entire year. And maybe you're here today on December 31st, 2023, and you're like, that was my year. That, that was 2023 for me, right? But here we are at the end of a year with a fresh start ahead of us tomorrow, and you have a clean slate again. Now I ask you, are you like me? Do, going from that to that, does that, does that not do anything for you? Like, I love that. Like, like the mess, and then just wipe it all away. 
So if you're like me and that resonates with you, you're probably the person who cleans up around your house, all right? If you're the person who's like, Mike, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you're the one who makes the messes. That's how it goes. But we have a, a clean slate here. But what can, what can we do? What are some things that we can put in place now so that 2024 doesn't end up like that? That's, that's what I got for you today. Four for 24. These are, these are four things that Jesus did. Jesus did all four of these. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, we follow after him. We walk in his footsteps. If he did them and we have the capacity to do, to do them, we want to do them as well. So that's what I got for you. Four things that Jesus did. Now, You've probably seen WWJD before, right? See it on bracelets. It was popular a number of years ago. What would Jesus do? Which I think is a good question to ask, right? We, we, we can ask that question. We're, we're faced with a decision. It's kind of challenging. What, what, what should I do? Which direction should I go with this? Well, what would Jesus do? It's a good question to ask. But... I think sometimes it's an unnecessary question. You know why? We know what Jesus did. And we can ask the question, what did Jesus do? If we open up this historical record book, we have a recording from various eyewitnesses, people that were there with him, and they witnessed, they saw, they heard what Jesus did, and they recorded it for us so often we can ask the question when faced with, with the decision, what did Jesus do? Because again, you and I are Christians. In 1 John 2, 6, speaking to believers here today, we want to walk as Jesus walked. It says there, whoever says he abides in him, that's Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. To be a a Christian, a follower of Christ, right? To follow, to be a disciple, you, you look at the master, right? The one you're following, and you do as he did. You speak as he spoke. You act like him. That's really our goal, is to just mimic Jesus and be conformed to his image. Now, you see there an, an image of some footprints in the snow, there was a, a preacher named Paul Washer who gave, a, I thought, a great illustration. He was talking about his, being a young boy walking uh, in the snow with his dad. And his dad, of course, is a lot bigger, uh, longer legs, and he would, he would take longer strides than young Paul Washer, who was just a little boy. But what Paul would do is he would try to try, the operative word there, put his foot with his shorter legs, not as long strides, he would try to put his foot inside the footprints of his dad. But he couldn't quite reach, so he's kind of like off balance, he's falling down, and he was like really struggling to do it. And he, and he said, you know, I, I can't be my dad. I'm not my dad, but it would be obvious to anyone who saw what he was doing there that he wanted to be like his dad. He was, he was seeking to follow in his footsteps. So we, we ought not say, well, you know, Jesus, God incarnate, God in the flesh. I mean, he's Jesus. I can't do everything Jesus did, and that's true. But if we're seeking to follow after him, we may look foolish. 
We may fall, we may struggle in doing so, but it would be obvious to anyone who would watch you say, they're trying to be like Christ. Like Paul was, Washer was trying to be like his dad. And that's our goal. That's our goal here today, conformity to the image of Christ. So the first thing I have for you is the Bible. The Bible. This is the first thing to do. God wrote a book. God wrote a book, 66 books, in fact, collected together in what we call the Bible. Jesus, if you will, read his Bible. It's not the same as this right here. Uh, many of, much of it was still yet to be written, but he was familiar with the scriptures, right? How many times do you read where Jesus would say, have you not read? What's he talking about? He's talking about the Bible, if you will. The scriptures, as he knew it, what we would call the Old Testament. Or he would say, as it is written, right? And, and so Jesus was very well familiar with the scriptures. He read his Bible. How about you? Do you? Do you read it? That's my question for you here today. Because when the new year comes, forget the new year. When as soon as you leave this place, temptation comes your way, right? And when temptation comes, my question to you is, are you ready? And do we have a record of temptation coming to Christ as he was tempted in every way as we are, yet he never sinned? We do. We have a record of that in Luke chapter 4. Jesus facing temptation, facing a difficulty that could make his life look like that mess on the screen, but he overcame. But he overcame in a certain way, and that's what I want to show you here. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13 say this, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. Quite an understatement, right? He, he's very vulnerable at this time, right? And Satan sometimes shows up when we are our most vulnerable. He's crafty like that. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he, the devil, took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, questioning his identity, yet again, throw yourself down from here and notice, for it is written. Satan quotes scripture too. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the, devil had, uh, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. 
Am I the only one in here that faces temptation? Do you face temptations? I know you do, right? The world throws them at us, right? If, if you're... If, if, the, if, if you're going to overcome the temptation that comes your way and it's dependent upon you quoting from Deuteronomy like Jesus did, how well is it going to go? Are you going to be able to quote Scripture like that? To quote Scripture, you have to know Scripture. To know Scripture, you have to expose yourself to it. You're too young to read. Okay, ask mom and dad to read it to you. You can't read. There's people that are illiterate. Listen to it. Let's take it in. We live, all that technology I showed you, you can get scripture hundreds of ways, all kinds of different ways through different platforms, different devices, all sorts of things. The question is, do you want it? Do you want it? Because you got to come armed and ready with the sword of the Spirit when temptation comes like Christ. As Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've stored up your word, the Bible, in my heart that I might not sin against you. Got to know the scriptures. And we all can read the Bible. We can all take it in. Again, somehow. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. We need to be in the Word. So that's the first thing I have for you. The Bible comes down from God to us. Now we communicate back to God. Prayer. This is the basics here today, guys. I just wanted to do something super simple. Remind you of what you already know. This is the blocking and tackling of Christianity. We talk to God. Do you talk to Him? Do you spend time in prayer? Do you have devoted time? Do you set aside time maybe first thing in the morning? That's what I try to do. And I struggle here. I really do. Don't think that people that stand up here, that are, that are on staff here, they call, they're called pastors and elders, don't think that people don't struggle. This is a discipline. It's hard. It's hard. But I recognize the value of it. And I want to share that with you. And I hope you already know that. So here's the question. Did Jesus pray? He sure did. He sure did. If you go into the next chapter after Luke 4, Luke chapter 5, but he, Jesus, would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus prayed. Do you pray? I mean, spending time, like real time with the Lord. You know, the prayer closet, whatever, you know. I mean, say you're a mom and you got seven kids at home. You may need to go into a literal closet to pray. Do what you have to do. For me, I like to get up before the phone rings, before I get text messages, before the emails start to come in. That's what I need to do, and it, and it should set the table for the rest of the day. So I would, I would recommend early morning. But say you struggle, like I do. Ask for some help. Seek out some help. There's helps available to you. Wednesday nights in this room, we have a prayer meeting every week. We didn't have it this past week. Everything kind of shuts down from Christmas to New Year's. But are, are we meeting next, this Wednesday coming up, Pastor Mark? January 10th. January 10th. There you go. You got a date, right? Be here. We just get, it's very intimate. I was here with Nate, my son Nate, all summer. And uh, there's time of song. There's time of prayer. You gather together with others. You know, 
I'm learning to pray. My boy Nate is learning to pray, being around godly people who are real prayer warriors. Don't try to go it alone and just say, well, I, I stink at prayer. I stink at prayer, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to come here and I'm going to be around other people who will help me. So come January 10th and then every Wednesday after that to these, these prayer meetings because we all can pray no matter your age. Anybody. When I was children's ministry director, I would, I, preschool, that was kind of like, that was my jam. I like preschoolers. I don't know. They're just kind of coming into their own. Like the nursery's not my thing. They just kind of lay there. They don't really say anything. <laughs> As the kids get older, they, I don't know. They, let me watch myself. Let, let me just say preschool. I like preschoolers. And, I, and we would ask them if they wanted to pray. And any preschool teachers in the room, you know what I'm talking about. When these kids, they fold their hands and they talk to God. And it just warms my heart. So you're not too young to pray. And you're not too old to pray either. Okay? So those are the, those are the first two out of the four. We're on the vertical here, right? Taking in the word of God, coming down from God to us. Read it, right? Talk to God. Communicate back up to him. This is the vertical. How about the horizontal? How about words? How about us using our words? And I'd like to say that there's, there's good words and then there's gospel words, right? Good words are just words of encouragement, saying something nice. Again, kids, you got some time off from school this week, right? What if you went to mom or dad and said, what can I do around the house? Mom, you carry a heavy load. You do a lot. Dad, you're always busy with something. Is there something I can help with? How many parents would love to hear that? Right? Kids, that's good words. You can say that. Right? You should. All the things your parents do for you? Absolutely. There's only so much time you can play video games and stare in front of a screen. Offer those types of things. Good words, right? But then also gospel words. Did Jesus ever use words? Did he ever open his mouth specifically with regard to the gospel? He certainly did. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says there, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming. Jesus was a proclaimer. He proclaimed the gospel of God and said he used his mouth. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand Repent and believe in the gospel. But how many professing Christians don't talk about Jesus? I mean, like, ever. How many? I, I hope you do. I'm not throwing blankets over every... Yes, but I, I know, I, I just, on Friday, I was meeting a, a friend for lunch. We're trying out this new pizza joint. So I'm, I'm there early. My friend was running late. And uh, I walked in, and uh, to my right was a TV screen. It's a pizza shop, right? No one's in there. It's just me. And it, it, was, a, it was a boa constrictor swallowing a monkey hole. <laughs> it's like a National Geographic type thing. I already confessed my problem with this stuff with the snake eating the mice a few weeks ago. I talked about that. Like, I got a real sensitive spot for that. And I don't want to see that as I'm about to eat food, right? So I go in, and uh, the guy was standing at the counter doing nothing. I mean, he's literally like arms folded like this. 
And I was like, hey, how's it going? I said, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, um, you know, viewing you have for your customers. I wasn't going to ask him to change it. I don't be that guy, right? Whatever, whatever. And, and this is what he says. I kid you not. He said, well, it's a lot better than that uh, Christ crucified movie they've been showing. Now, I'm not wearing the living water merch or anything. He doesn't know me, uh, you know. He doesn't know I work at a church, consider myself a bit of an evangelist. He knows he doesn't know me from Adam, and he said that. I'm like, okay, ball on a tee, I will swing away. <laughs> so I said to him, I go, I go, well, I take it you're not a Christian. And this is what he said. He goes, no, I am. I said, oh, really? I said, what, what, what is it? You know, what's the deal? And he's like, well, he just showed it all the time and all the gore and the blood and everything. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and again, he's there doing nothing. I'm there, place is empty, I'm waiting. So I'm like, well, let, me, let me ask another question. And I said, do you know why Jesus was crucified? And I'll tell you this, when sometimes if you've ever shared the gospel or shared your faith, things change on that. It's one thing to just talk about things in general terms. I'm probing a little bit. I want to find out what this guy's understanding of of, of the Christianity that he says he has. What, you know, I want to find out, what does, he, what does he know about that? And it, it was as if, like, I mean, just, everything just halted, you know? The nice little conversation we were having, he said to me, I don't talk about religion. Now, I hope you see the problem with that. And I'll tell you what I told him, but as I thought about it after, if you've ever had these encounters, like afterwards you think about, like all the things you should have said. And I, and I, and I could have said, well, well, you're the one who brought it up. You know, <laughs> that would have been one thing I could have said. Um, but I, I could have, you know, here's a better thing than that. Well, I didn't ask you about religion. I asked you about Jesus. See what, I, I don't know what he would have said because I didn't say that. Uh, I, I, and this is probably why the conversation ended the way it did. I said, um, I said, well, you know, you say you're a Christian, so you follow Jesus, and Jesus said he wants his followers to talk about him. You know, great commission, share the gospel, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ, all that kind of stuff. And, and as I said this to him, because I'm pointing out an inconsistency, right? And, and this is what he did. He, he, I'm telling him this, he, this is what he does. He just walked away. Okay, I'll go sit down, wait for my buddy, watch a zebra get mauled by a lion or whatever the next thing was. Dude, you say you're a Christian. I'm, you know, I could be lost in my sins. I'm like, yeah, I've heard about Jesus dying on the cross. What's that all about? Christian, will you tell me? No, just walk away. How many of us miss these opportunities? I don't think this man's alone. I don't think he's alone at all. We need to be sharing good words and gospel words, and we all can do that. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. We can use our mouth to glorify God and share the glorious gospel with people who so desperately need to hear it. So we have words on the horizontal, and we have, lastly, works. All right, works. I see the works as like the foundation, right? If you're just 
preaching all the time, it can come across as empty rhetoric. Like we want to we wanna add good works. We want to be doing good things. It uh, makes our, our message more, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's where the message sits upon the foundation of these good works. And I think many Christians do a good job here. We're willing to do nice things for people. Um, but I'm reminded of uh, James chapter 2, right? Somebody shows up at your door, let's say, and uh, it's cold outside, they don't have the proper clothing, and they're hungry. It, your response is not, well, God bless you. I hope it all works out. You offer a good word, right? Be warm, be filled, but uh, see you later. No, if you have a jacket, give them the jacket. Do the good work. If you have food, feed them, right? These are the good. The words and the works go together. And I saw a great demonstration of this yesterday downtown for our street outreach. One side of the street, table set up, giving away hand warmers, gloves, hats to people in need. Across the street, right across State Street, the gospel is being shared in the open air. A little bit of amplification so people can hear us. Tom has shared, Jeff shared, a bunch of people that we prayed, songs were sung. So one side of the street, we're using our mouths, and then the other side of the street, we're using our hands. Here, would you like one of these? That's how it goes together. The two go together so well. And I ask you, did Jesus do good works? You know he did. Acts 10 tells us. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we all can do good works. You don't have to go downtown on a Saturday morning. You can start today. Don't even wait for tomorrow, okay? Start today. So there are the four things right there. Now, I need you to listen carefully here because th this is the most important part. So if you've been nodding off, time to wake up. If the person's sleeping you know, next to you, just give them an elbow. This is the most important part because this is where people get it twisted. What I've given you here is a to-do list. I told you up front, I'm giving you things that you, those are all things you do, right? But far too many people say, well, I'd become a Christian if I only started to do these things. If I did these things, then, I'm, then I'll be a Christian. Or I'll even be a better Christian. See, doing these things, they're good, right? Can we agree? I showed you from the Bible that they're commanded. They're Jesus, what I showed you is Jesus doing them. So we know they're good, right? But this is not how you make God pleased with you by doing these things. This is not how you get God to love you. This is what many people think. This is not how you get saved. You start doing these things and then you can be assured of heaven. No, God is pleased with you when you come to his son in repentance and faith. When you turn from your sin and you turn to Christ, God is already pleased with you. You haven't read the Bible yet. You haven't prayed. You haven't done anything to your fellow man. God is pleased then and there, right? Come to Christ is the message. Don't hear Mike gave us a to-do list, a bunch of things to do, a bunch of law. He didn't mention grace. We're saved by grace, right? Not by doing these things. You don't do these things so that God will love you. God already does. How do I know? He sent his one and only son, right, to die on the cross, right, so that whosoever believes in him will not perish, 
but have eternal life. God already has done, this is, what, what people do is they, they want to do these things apart from the cross. The cross is what brings it all together. Better said, the, the cross actually is, is the starting point. Come to Christ, come to the one crucified on that cross, come to him humbly asking for forgiveness. You come in that manner, you turn from sin, you trust in him, he saves you, then you start to do these things. Okay, do we got the order there? I don't want there to be any confusion because there's a ton of confusion out there in the world. Okay, don't want you to get it twisted. It is about the cross. And your life, spiritually speaking, may look like that. It may look like that. Compared to the, to the holiness of God, the perfection of God, His high standard, spiritually speaking, we all look like that. But that's the very thing that God sent His Son into is to take that on and take it away. To take it away. When He, he didn't come, He wasn't born into sin. He was born into humanity to identify with sinful people like me and like you. It's the cross. And then all these become a reality. An ever-increasing measure, too. You may have been a Christian for 50-plus years in here today. I think you would agree with me there's room for improvement for all of us in all of these areas, right? Not to earn anything, not so that God will be pleased with us, not so that he'll love us, but because he loves us, okay? That is the message. That's the four for 24. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord God, we thank you for allowing this gathering to happen. I praise you for all the different generations that have gathered here today, that we can worship you, that we can open up your word, we can be reminded of hopefully what we're already aware of. But maybe this is some new information. Uh, I, I pray that these, I want to start with myself. I pray that these become a reality in ever-increasing measure in my life not even waiting until tomorrow, starting now. Lord, this is not about New Year's resolutions. Uh, I mean, those get a bad rap sometimes, I think. Uh, but it simply means to, to resolve, means to just firmly decide to do something or not do something. And that should be every day. Lord, but we have this opportunity here on December 31st, on the cusp of a new year. Lord, um, will you work these into us? Not, not to to earn anything, not to add to what Christ has done. We can't do that, Lord, but by your Spirit, it is your Spirit that will empower us to carry these out. And the goal is what? To look more and more like your Son. That's what I want in my life, and that's what I want for the people of Living Water Community Church. Will you do that, please? Uh, we ask that in the mighty name of Christ.